Thank you, Will, for taking the time to come in here. Of course. Now, for those people that are watching this podcast for the first time or that don't know our relationship, I taught you when you were a little kid. You were. Uh, you did. That's right. I, I think it was six, five or six? Five or six, yeah. I think so, yeah, yeah. I think I taught you before you had a little sister. I did. It was, yeah. it was that. That's right. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah. That's, that's been a while. And yeah. I've known your father for a long time and your mother. Mm-hmm. Your father is... Quite the personality. <laughs> he is. He is. He's quite the personality. I've learned more. I'm telling you that, Bill. So I'm, I'm just going to watch this. That's for you. <laughs> okay. Anyway. Yeah. He is. Definitely. He's a good man. He's he a good is. Man. You know, your father for a long time. Before we get into you, because I know of something of you, but yeah. everyone has to know you. Your father. I really didn't know anything about him. To be right. honest, I just right. know he liked playing squash right. or attack, and I wasn't right. even. A, I wasn't even a staff. I was staff then, but I was not a member. Mm. But he was always friendly. He always right. spoke to me, even though some of it was rude, but he was nice. Right. right. When I heard him speak, I think you came to it. It was the top yeah. attack. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He blew me away. Right. Right. The way he articulated the point, the right. amount of information he came out with. Yeah. And how precise he was, I had complete respect for him. Mm. I said, this guy can turn it on either way. Yeah. yeah. He can kid with you, but when it comes to really doing his job. Yes. There was no one better. Yeah. It was so good. What did he do? Let me sit on that. Well, that's, that's, that's a good question. I mean, I think he started off, I mean, he's the market research guru of Japan, I think. That's uh, right. That's yeah. right. Yeah. And I think uh, he, he worked for Sterling Winthrop afterwards, and uh, it's mainly in the pharmaceutical area, but I think uh, in terms of Japan, aging society, healthcare, and research, uh, he's very data-oriented uh, market research kind of... Um, Delivery of, of his facts and um, yeah, right. that's that's what right. he does. Yeah, and he married well too. He did because <laughs> your mother's oh. an artist. I mean, she's really really artistic. She she is an she's, artist. She's yes. an oil, she's an oil painter. Uh, she's a handful, like all moms are. But um, right. yeah, no, um, they met in Perth uh, many many years ago. Mm-hmm. Well, not many many years ago, but yeah, right. many years ago. And I think uh, my dad came back to Japan first because. My mother's side, uh, my grandfather, my mother's side was uh, worked for uh, was the council general for Perth at the okay. time. That's okay. where they met, um, mm-hmm. and my dad was, I think, studying or teaching Japanese at the uh, University of Western Australia. Okay. And then they met there, and then they came back. Right. I think he, well, he came to Japan in 1969, I think. Right. Yeah. Right. And he's been here ever since. Yeah. But see, when people look at you, because I mm. look at you too, even as a little kid, mm. you take more after your dad. I, yeah, more appearance. recently, yeah. Because people cannot tell mm. that you have Asian blood if right. they don't really understand That's it. true, that's true. They wouldn't know. Yeah, and I think I used to look more Asian you did. younger. You did, yeah, yeah, But a then, kid. boom, 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 yeah. boom, 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 you started looking more yeah. like your dad. Yeah. Poor son. <laughs> your son is so... <laughs> and he named you, he gave you the same name, he too. The same. Well, I, I'm actually William Hall 
like the six, fifth or sixth or something. Oh, so they, they yeah. They, oh, they couldn't really. They, his family's not really creative. No, yeah, <laughs> they, they're not very creative at all in that sense. Uh, my grandfather told me you've got to keep trying until you have a son and make sure you name him William. Um, but he had you. You were the first child. <laughs> I was. I was. So when I had, when I had, when I was, uh, I have a son. Right. So I name his name is Sky, but it's William Sky Carbata Hall. Yeah. So, but, would, but your father gave you his full name. So you know. Well, well, I, I have two middle names because I think William Hall is a very kind of common name. In right, the show. So right. William David Yoshihiro Hall, and then I have a Kawabata. Yoshihiro is your mother's maiden name. Yoshihiro is my Japanese first name. Okay. Um, maiden name is Kawabata. So, Kawabata. Yeah. Um, okay. Mm. Oh. So I was definitely the uh, I had the longest name at my high school. Kind of, uh, you 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 used all of that. Well, except for Kawabata. Kawabata, yeah. you didn't use your no, mother's maiden no, name. But my okay. full name was William David Yoshihiro Hall. Because she took your she took her husband's name. She did. She did. She did. And that um, wasn't easy at that time. That wasn't easy at that time, I guess. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah. Um, wow. And yeah. she she made that leap. She did. She did. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. Something. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm giving you. I'm just teasing you, Bill. That's all right. <laughs> I'm teasing your father. I'm yeah, let, let, to let, let's tease him more. Let's tease him more. No one teases so, him enough. So where were you born? Tell me where you were born. I was born in Tokyo, Japan. Uh, I was raised, I guess, initially in the Tomigaya uh, Shibuyaku area. So, mm -hmm. um, Tokyo city boy, I guess. Uh, right, yeah. And uh, grew up in kind of Shibuya and Hiro area. Mm. Um, yeah, you, went to you only went to international schools, or did you? Have yeah, to go to I, I only went to, to international school. I, they threw me in at age two mm. uh, at oh, ASIJ. ASIJ, right? Yeah. So it was, it was the Meguro campus at Nakameguro. the time. Nakameguro campus, right. yeah. yeah. And then uh, all the way through through uh, high school. Um, so you went all the way through. I did. I okay. did. I, I did attempt. Uh, in sixth grade, I thought uh, I wanted to try something different. So mm -hmm. I, I did go to boarding school. I did a short stint of boarding school in Perth, uh, thinking that it was the... Would you? How old were you? I was 12 at the time. 12. You wanted to do this? I thought I wanted to do it. Uh, <laughs> so what happened? What happened? Well, so I, I, we'd go visit Australia every year and mm -hmm. during the summer. And we'd, and I, thought, I thought, you know, I wanted to try something different. But so there was a boarding school, I was into sports, and it was big field, and I was like, you know, Dad, Mom, I want to try boarding school. It seemed like a great idea, uh, but I was too much of a chicken to go by myself, so I dragged one of my friends with me. Okay. Um, and, but it was all boys in the country, sir, yes, sir, got to make your bed a certain way, uniform, school wear. Great experience. I mean, uh, <laughs> all two days, all two days. Right? Yeah, it, it was literally about three months, maybe. If I, <laughs> I was like, I called call home crying, saying, "No, I gotta go home." And they're like, "Will we pay for your tuition?" I was like, "No, no." Um, so I attempted that, but it was a great experience it, and mm -hmm. in that sense as well, because I was raised in a bubble. I think in the international yeah. school, I, I was I, I I very lucky to be the way I've been raised, and then right. growing out in the country. And that's where I really kind of I've always dealt with. Um, not racism, but like, I mean, I think I'm, growing up in Japan in the 80s, being half, that's kind of, but you're surrounded by half people, so that's fine. And I shouldn't even talk about racism with you, but I think, no, but no, I think, but, matter, yeah. yeah, but I think it's, when I went to the Australia, to the countryside, it was a completely Caucasian group of people. Okay. And they, they could really tell? Well, they could, people? I mean, they, they'd pick on the more Asians, uh, and it was, it was, I mean, that was in the 80s too, so, but I, and I think I knew how to maneuver, I uh, had all the best music. So I, you knew how to kind of gain the respect of, I, I kind of trade my music to the, the, the tough guys in the <laughs> to make sure I'm protected. Um, but I was street smart that way from, from, okay. from, a, from a young age. So, okay. but, I, but I saw that face to face where 
teachers and everything. So that was that three or four months was a great experience, and I've always kind of looked back on that too. Yeah. Um, glad you got out of it. Yeah, I'm glad <laughs> I got out of it. Glad I got out of it. I would have first of all, I would have forgotten my Japanese. I think I wouldn't. Okay. I, I think it was a stupid idea to go in the first place because I would have just been. But how were you, because ASIG is noted for teaching Japanese. Yeah. Your father was doing, I mean, who was doing it? Your mother? How were you learning the Japanese? Well, I think through school. I mean, I think, really? uh, school school? I mean, ASIG Japanese is probably not at the level, uh, well, yeah, I mean, I think there's, there's probably, it's better, probably better now, but I think uh, one of my complexes, I think, it is, um, I speak native Japanese, but I think it got better when I started working here in Japan, because I think they don't teach you Keigo, they don't teach you, and so, it's rough, uh, the Japanese, but um, but I think the Japanese got better as I kind of came back to Japan afterwards as well, started working in Japan. So when you mm. left ASIJ, what, what were the studies that you were most interested in? Mm. Well, um, well what, what I did was I, I wanted to go to school in the States, so we, in junior year, we kind of back, oh, not back, back, but I think did college hopping around uh, the US, East Coast, West Coast. Even to the south, like Nashville, I went looked at Vanderbilt to Emory to everywhere. Then then stumbled into Santa Barbara, and I was like, oh, I think I think that this is it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so it was on the beach. It was uh, it was kind of a party school, but like um, uh, they claim they have a good, pretty good education there. So so I was still trying to figure out what I wanted to do, but I loved movies and film and content. So I thought that's what I wanted to do, but I didn't want to do film studies as a major because I didn't want to take the risk of just taking a film studies major. So I did, I studied business economics, yeah. Okay. Yeah, and I took as many film courses as possible uh, in Santa Barbara, yeah. Well, how was your father guiding? Was he, was your father and mother, did they try to guide you in one way or the other? Or did oh, no, no, not at all. I think throughout um, my whole life, they, they haven't really pressured me in terms of education or studying or, um, I think the one thing my father always said, this is what I kind of respect him for is, I don't really care about your grades. I don't really care what you, the books you study and everything. It's like learn how to think as a person. Like have your own opinion. Uh, everything else you can kind of figure out. You know, I think they, they read the same books at Harvard or Yale or anything else, and there's different teachers. But uh, learn how to think for yourself and, and mingle, kind of thing, and get to know people. So, mm. so that was it. Kind of. Um, I think I mingled a bit too much my sophomore year in college, <laughs> where my grades started to drop down. That then you know, just make sure you graduate, kind of thing. But uh, yeah, but he was that way. That's how he would be. He was pretty casual that way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I think that he was the same way with my sister as well. Mm -hmm. And my sister had like straight A's, so that was. Uh, it's it's a girl boy thing though. Yeah, maybe girls are just naturally smarter and quicker right. than guys. Yeah, well, you know. yeah. Tell me this. So, what's your sister doing now? Oh, she works for a company called Tastemate, which is an online kind of uh, streaming platform uh, for kind of lifestyle and food, uh, culinary. Uh, and she's the brand content strategy director there now, I think. I placed her there, actually. Is it uh, actually here in Japan? Here in Japan. I think they're a startup here. So she, did she ever go to the States? She, she went to NYU. She NYU? Went to, yeah, she went to NYU. So she had a very different East Coast experience. Okay, uh, okay. Where I was kind of beach lifestyle, where and she yeah. was um, kind of continuation of Tokyo to New York, kind of thing. And what did she study? Much uh, independent studies, I think. Independent yeah. studies, okay. mm. Mm. And she got a, are you married? Is she married? Well, I'm I'm separated. Uh, okay. Yeah, but I'm but I'm married. Uh, and uh, so I'm, I ha we're kind of my, I have my son is I have a seven year old, eight year old son, and it's basically with me eighty percent of the time. Uh, okay, but he's I, with you. He's with his mother some of the I mean, some of the time. Yeah, so a couple of days a week over okay. at my mother's place. So we've been separated about six, seven years now. But, but it's, it's 
amicable. It's amicable. So That's we'll be coming to talk tomorrow for breakfast together. Oh, or really? like, yeah. That's so good. yeah, That's it's good. it's it's uh, we're, we're we're I think throughout the pandemic, I think it was probably better this time around. I think that they were already separated. Yeah, because right? <laughs> that would have made you for exactly, sure go crazy. Exactly. Yeah. Are you? Is she Japanese? Maybe? She's Japanese. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Is your sister married? She, she is. is. She has three kids too. Yeah. So you've been an uncle for a while. Long I, I've been an uncle the same. My, my son and her son is the same age. So they're best friends and cousins. So that's yeah. Neat. So that's cool. Yeah. And they, they, she lives. All of you live in Tokyo. Yes. Yeah. So oh, that's good. yeah. So. What is it? That that smacks of Greek parent parenting. Mm. I think because as a parent, I think that's one of our dreams that our kids want to be close to you. Right. Right. You know, and I think it yeah. really it really hurts when you have your child leave you. Yeah. Unless you're that type. Right. Some people like to right. to separate, but right. I mean, for me, I'm I'm so proud and so happy my sons want to live close. Right. That yeah. makes me feel really good. Yeah. Now we were a close, t- tight family. Yeah. yeah. We're a tight family. Yeah. yeah. Mm. So okay. So you think we're growing up in Japan? You felt like it was a bubble mm. in a way, looking out the outside. What do you mean when you say a bubble? How do you? Well, I, I think. think um, I was raised with like uh, bilingual, bicultural, half Japanese, half somebody, or expats from overseas, and um, people come and go. Every thirty percent of your class leave every year, and so you're in this community growing up in Japan uh, that is English-speaking community within Tokyo, which is, and and we, and we kind of that group of people grew up together, um, which is very different from everything in Japan, and so. That was an interesting. How's it different? What do you mean? Well, I mean, I think the education is different. You know, I think uh, you stand out. I mean, growing up, we kind of stand out. You know, every time we come home on the train, back in the day, I think, and we'd be pretty noisy and and everything too. So (laughs) and you had these IJ backpacks. Everybody knew you were going to Japanese school. But but someone will always say every day there'll be something that someone will kind of start kind of talking. Some smack about to us or, or start oh, picking really? it. Yeah, every day. Like, like what? Like what? Give me something. Well, that will be loud. So they'll be. Uh, yeah, we'll be loud. So they'll be like, they'll tell the shut up guy, Kukujin, or. Uh, well, they would say, or oh, just yeah. Wouldn't they just say Udasai? Oh, Udasai. Well, they'll, they'll say, because we'll be speaking in English. Right. And they won't realize that we'll speak Japanese. So there'll, they'll, there'll be a lot of that. And that because SIJ is on the way back from the, tra- uh, I think the, the tracks. So you're talking about Tamabuchi Bullet? Yeah. So yeah. That train? That train, we get a lot of that and the two horse and we'll get a lot of, we get a lot of uh, people because they're coming home drunk from um, the, the race horsing as well. That's true. Yeah. yeah. So and that's if you guys are coming back late from school because they don't yeah. come back. Yeah. yeah. If you stayed after school and stayed the But party. even around three or four. Oh, really? Yeah. So, uh, maybe it was just us, but I think, you know, but, but yeah, we get a lot of that. Uh, That's interesting. Yeah, which was which was you know it goes both ways. I think you know okay. we we were. I regret you know being being a bit too loud in the trains as well. So not really, you had no, a good no, time. I wouldn't regret you it. But I, I see these kids now, and I want to smack them. But like, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's interesting yeah. as a kid yeah. because I taught at ASIJ. If right. you know that, I mm. taught at the Shuffle right. campus. Yeah. yeah, I taught there for three years, so I've been on the Tamabuchi Bullet. Right, and I've been on the bus mm. coming back and forth. Right. That's how I found out about Tai. Right, it was interesting. Um, mm. When the kids were around me, they knew I was a disciplinarian, so yes. they were pretty quiet. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, I really stand out. Yeah, there's no mistaking yeah. that I'm a foreigner, so yeah. I made sure everybody was pretty quiet. Mm. But that's interesting to hear that part. I've never heard that. Yeah, it, it is interesting. I mean, I think uh, I mean, we, we, yeah, it was it was, it was that, those days too. I think mm. maybe maybe not as much these days as well because you have cameras and everything else. But like that's right. Yeah, but we get we get a lot of people just kind of 
pick fights with us for no reason. Um, Kids? No, all, all, uh, grown men. Grown men, uh, I think in the 30s and 40s, will kind of come. But you guys were already teens. You mean it would never well, we, we, we were already school. teens. We were oh, already teens. Not when you were little kids. You're talking no, about when you were no, big. Yeah, we're already about 14, 15. I got you. Uh, I got yeah, you. yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Mm. Well, that's not a good thing. I think I might take all this out. No, I'm just kidding. That's right. Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> so how did you get into what you're doing now? How did you get into this profession? I kind of stumbled into it. I mean, I, I think... Uh, Which is, first explain what you do. Yeah, so, so uh, I'm, I run a, uh, I'm in executive recruitment here in Japan. Uh, so I specialize in... Uh, me personally, I specialize in the consumer sector, um, where that can be everything from entertainment to from CG to fashion retail clients, to consumer technology companies, and trying to find executives, and bilingual executives for them. So, it's there's a lot of recruitment uh, professionals in in Japan. But um, so I, I didn't know what recruitment was when I graduated from college, and I was trying to figure out what to do. Um, I stumbled into it when I came back to Japan. It was my second job. Um, what was the first job? I worked for Terry Lloyd at Japan Inc. Magazine. Yeah, he's uh, a good guy. He was a good guy. So that was my first job here he's in Japan. He's a good guy. He is a good guy. He yeah, is a good guy. But taking a step back, though, my first job, my first first job was uh, after graduating, I went to San Francisco with my one-year practical training visa. Um, worked for a company called Marcus Evans, and I was doing telecall, telephone calls, um, to trying to sell hundred thousand dollar packages on the phone. With I had no PC. It was just like cold calling. Cold calling. Cold calling. How long did you do that? About a year, a little less than a year. And so it was 200 phone calls a day, 7.30 in the morning. Oh, they gave you a month. Well, I had a guy to go through, kind of look at the research, and I just got to try to call the worldwide sales head of Alcatel, get through gatekeepers. Uh, they told me to use an English accent because I can probably maneuver that way too. So that was the worst job in the world. <laughs> but it, it was the greatest. Strong. It made me strong. Exactly. And Everything you was taking easy. it personally. Exactly. It's hard to though, isn't it? It, it? it was the first month or so, and I was like, I'm not sure if I'm meant for it. But then after a while, you get, you know... Um, you don't get so many hang-ups in your face? Yeah, and I think you get used to it. And that was my personality as well. Uh, it's like, you know, I can't be worried about every, every rejection I get. Um, and then when I got into recruitment, I'm not selling anything. I'm not actually saying, please buy this. It's more... I'll uh, help you. I'll help you. Yeah, and so that was a, a different kind of conversation. It's what you know, what's the worst that can happen? Uh, so yeah, you mad at me for helping you? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and but I didn't think I was going to be in this position for long. I've always wanted to be in the entertainment or media industry. So I, I joined a company called Hudson at the time, um, um, kind of looking after consumer and entertainment practice, thinking I'll probably be here for a year and then I'll probably go into like a Disney or Warner Brothers at the time because they weren't hiring entry-level uh, candidates at the time. Okay. But then I realized it, it, I love the job, so it, it's a lot You do? I do, yeah. What, what, was it, what about it that really... Well, it, uh, well, tell me this first of all. When did it start to hit you that, I like this? Well, I'd say the first three to six months. Um, it just came natural. It was, it was meeting people, it was talking like this to people. Uh, and I didn't think of them as candidates or clients, but just people. Uh, and then I just, I get to talk to people every day. Uh, and so, and help them. And then it's, it's quite a good living as well. So then before I knew it, I, I started really liking the job and being able to look from the inside, oh, outside in to each company, how it's structured and everything else. So then I realized I'd rather be on the outside looking in and helping craft uh, organizational development for companies and people. 
uh, and working on multiple different types of searches that kind of made me excited about it. Yeah. Yeah. So then, so then, then you started your own. You were working for someone else, though. Yeah. So, so I started at Hudson, and then I went to a small boutique uh, um, called Verbal Atlantic Consulting for five years, four years, and then five years there. And I was running Verbal Atlantic Consulting for the last three of those years. Um, and then, but I was still. T- it was, um, How did that happen? How did you end up running? That? Well, I think that the the president at the time, um, she. Um, for family reason, moved to, back to Germany, and and someone she wanted someone to take over the business, and she wanted to kind of let go of her business. So I kind of stepped up. I thought it'd be a good experience at the age of twenty eight. Uh, but it, it was great. It was twenty eight to you know, thirty one, I think. Uh, but I wanted to get more. I want to be a sponge and, and uh, take more and get more experience at that age. And so uh, I was lucky enough to be kind of approached by Talent Two, which was an Australian based um, executive recruitment firm to run that for five years, um, and, and that was great experience. That's so what did you do with the one, would you, you just told her, I'm sorry? You well, well, I passed it over to someone else. Well, I, okay. Yeah, so it wasn't, it wasn't actually my company, but I, yeah, right. I was kind of appointed uh, representative director for some time, yeah. Right. Mm. So in this new company, you went with? Yeah, I went with Helen Two for, for now, now it's called Allegis Group. Uh, it was acquired by an American company, but, um, I joined to kind of grow the consult- consumer practice and other practices mm-hmm. uh, and kind of run and grow the, the business in Japan. Um, and that was 2011, right after the, the earthquake. The earthquake. Yeah. yeah. So that was, but it was a great experience working for a How big How long did you work with them? S- five, six years total. Six years? Yeah. So yeah. I, st- I, ca- I stayed quite a bit for each, each role, I okay. think. and. I think it, throughout that process, we kind of uh, I grew the business, but also kind of individual executive recruitment as well. But in my th- fourth year, I think uh, another big, large company called Allegis Group bought, mm-hmm. bought uh, Talent to, uh, and then we helped grow out uh, consulting, and that was a great experience for me because I think uh, a lot of leadership training. Uh, they, I mean, the the owners own the Baltimore Ravens, so, okay. so it's a very big company. Uh, out of Baltimore, uh, and so the people and the leadership and how they nurture leaders was was something really kind of great experience. Uh, so they sent you right away. So what was your position when when they bought the company? I was the GM of Japan. Oh, you were the GM of Japan. Japan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they so you're the only person that actually went to this these trainings they had set up. Oh, uh, we would bring that that next layer down too. Next layer down. Yeah, okay. they had different training for different levels. Uh, okay. So they were really good at people development. So what would they do? They would it would be all done in Japan, or would they do it? Well, uh, we do it overseas. I, the, the, a lot of business ships as well. Um, but I think one of the there was one training session that I'll never forget. I think, and, and they have a, they have a counselor in, in as part of the team as well. Okay. Uh, and so, who I think is the counselor for the Baltimore Ravens as well. And so, what they do is when they acquired uh, Talent Two, we had eight leaders. And my first meeting was two, three expats. A the new kind of GM of APAC, uh, North Asia head, and the CFO were from uh, Allegis Group, and everyone else were kind of talent to Singapore, Australia, Japan, China, and and there was eight of us, and all men. Oh no, it was it was a balance. It was, it was uh, women and men. Yeah, women and men. Yeah. Okay. Um, but and I were think you all about the same age? We we were all about the same. I was the youngest, I think. So yeah. you were like in your early. I 30s? was thirty. 
three or four. Right. Yeah, maybe it was in the forties, yeah. maybe or so. They were, they were, no, they're probably yeah, early forties, early forties. Okay. Yeah. Um, but what was interesting with that session was uh, they were like, we have we don't have time to get to know each other as much. So what they had the session where I'm going to tell you all my deepest darkest secrets. Uh, <laughs> And we'll go one at a time. And that, that, it's kind of like what we're doing now, talking about their life and being vulnerable. And but I mean really being vulnerable. Really being vulnerable. Wait, this, so you had a facilitator. That's the person who you called what? Uh, it, it, was, it was kind of the, the counselor for the counselor. of the company. Was this male or female? It's male. Uh, yeah. I, and so he was like the facilitator. So facilitator. He ran and he told you how this yeah. is going to work. And it was called the hot seat. And, and <laughs> well, how much time, wait, how long did this program, they would fly you in, everybody was flown in. Yeah. To where? Well, that, that, that trip was Hong Kong. Okay, right? so everyone went to Hong Kong. You were in a hotel, right? Uh, we're in the, we were in the, the, our office in Hong Kong, yeah. And, and your office in Hong like Kong? Like a boardroom meeting. And you're supposed to do this. How long was this session going to take? It was, uh, I think each of us spent about 20 minutes. No, uh, I mean, no. Uh, it's only one session? You guys only do this once? One session. One session where we go around the table where each one of us spoke about it. Was, but I thought it was a training of some sort. Well, that, that's, that, that's training as well. But I think what they did was we want to open up and get to know about each other. <laughs> okay, but how long did the whole training take? I'm, I'm curious. The reason why I'm curious because I've done things like this. Right. Usually it would take a week, or they might have a two-week right. session. Right. How long was this session? Oh uh, well, I think that 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 itself was that itself was more get to know you. And so the training itself was probably about that we'd have different sessions, but like a week or so okay. uh, at a time, or, okay. or, or three or four days at a time. Yeah. Okay. Now get into it. Now you get to get to know you. Everyone's sitting down. <laughs> well, everyone's sitting down, and I think the CEO kicked it off really well. I mean, he would talk about his life, and then he'd be very open about his vulnerabilities, like what scares me, what's this, and. Um, Literally, about six out of the eight people were in tears because we asked questions, and, and I, I didn't cry. But like I think it's not, it's not that it's bad or good to cry. But I think that really kind of opened my eyes on being vulnerable and being open about uh, what you're scared about, and mm -hmm. and and that. But it works because after that two-hour session, you're not afraid about like what people think of you. You've already they know everything about you that no one else knows. That's right. Uh, so that was that was an interesting. I've never had that experience before. How long do you have to sit in that hot seat? As long as you like. Oh, really? So there was no time limit? No, no, no. You just had to get it out? Yeah. I mean, if you don't have to talk too much, it's all up to you, which was very interesting. And then afterwards, we'd all go out for drinks and we'd be best friends by then. So that was a very interesting kind of... That's one of your favorites. That, that kind of stuck with me. And that stuck with me. I think I was... Up until then, I was more... Guarded or superficial. Like, yeah, well, you had your well, facade. I had my facade and I had to make sure that, like, as a leader, that I can't look weak. Uh, and but I think it's more powerful to be kind of vulnerable at times. And and so that was one lesson that I remember very clearly from that time. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. So how many years has it been since you had that? So you're thirty. That's a good then. question. That's uh, was 20, about eight, eight years. Eight years. Now. Yeah, and there was a couple of sessions then at that time. But uh, were any of them as intense as that? Uh, when there was new people and the king grew, uh, they do the same thing. Yeah, the same thing. But so like, then, how would you react to that? Because now yours is scripted, basically. Well, I guess so. Yeah, I mean, I think it was um, it was less of, but but it was. It, it was good to, to witness the second time around, too. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. But the time you went in, for everyone, it was the first time. Well, the leaders have done it before, obviously. From the oh, they have? Well, the expats that, that have come over, they, that's, that's kind of a religious, uh, the, the okay. company thing. Oh, okay. 
uh, to be able to open up like that. I thought they just bought these. Okay. Well, well, they're they're the they're the acquiring company. Right. So the three X. Oh, oh I see. Okay, so yeah. the people that already belong to their company. Yeah, so they're used to that across. There. Yeah. Mm. Oh, that's interesting. It was interesting. Like yeah. I said, I've been through those kind of trainings, yeah. and they're always very interesting. It was very interesting. And insightful. Yes. All right, so tell me after that, then what happened from there when you decided to leave them? Well, I think, uh, so the focus was for me to step away from day-to-day personal executive recruitment uh, and just grow the company. And I think that was great from a learning and everything for a couple of years, but... I missed the game. I missed the craft of executive search oh, myself. You doing, oh. they, would, they wouldn't let me. And you weren't think, talking to anyone. Well, I was still talking to them, bringing people, clients in, but I think I couldn't physically help uh, as much. Uh, you had to hand them off. I had to hand them off. And that was okay for a period of time, but then I missed the, the game of uh, executive recruitment. So, um, and then, so at the time, I had an outside investor. It's uh, so around the time where I separated with my, with my, my, my wife, and I wanted to have... Uh, I wanted to do something on my own as well. And so a, a good friend of mine uh, said, well, I'll put in some money and, and why don't you start your own executive search firm? And, and, he, and he'd just be a silent partner? A silent partner. And he helps out. He still to this day helps out on, on kind of the back office finance and operational side. And um, and it was and it was a significant amount of money too. Um, it's like if I'm going to build it, I don't want to be just myself and then eventually grow two or three people. Uh, I'd like to uh, build a company. And I think the direction my company was going was more contracting versus we were more executive search. Uh, it's kind of a field of dreams analogy. If I build it, I thought my, other, my people will come. <laughs> and so I decided, me and my kind of business partner at the time, um, who was my kind of number two at, at Talent2, we decided we wanted to make this move. We didn't know how to do this uh, because how do you? I was the boss of Japan, and so, um, but so I went to my boss and was all, we were honest to him and said, "Look, I think it's it's time that I step away and I want to start my own firm." And got his blessing, um, and then I honored the one year kind of non uh, compete clause and everything. Or, what did you do during that one year? Well, we built it. We built the okay. uh, we inside in just the idea. Well, we built the so I left in April and then. I think word had got out, so um, he kind of knew that I was leaving, and, and my uh, Arlo Brown, who's my co-founder of, of uh, Evangel Group, my current company. Um, so we, we got a blessing for both of us to leave. Um, uh, and so we kind of took the next six, nine months to build the company up, get uh, an office. Staffing. Yeah, yeah, and everything kind of set up, uh, and and we went out there to start hustling and getting our accounts and everything else. But and you said you respect the one year, so you waited for a year. Yeah, we waited for, I guess the close was six months. Six uh, months okay. Sorry, it was okay, six, six months, months, but okay. it was February 25th is when I left, 2016, and then we had nine people join us in January of 2022. Uh, sorry, 20, 2017, that's right, okay. yeah. Uh, and and yeah, here we are. Who yeah. was that feeling? I mean, how did you, how did you it, start it, thinking about what you were doing? Well, it was great. I mean, I think it was um, it was tough, obviously, but I think that that grind of starting in, we started at. Uh, well, I think the word got out a little too early to my boss, <laughs> so we weren't quite ready to leave at the time. But there's never a good time for that kind of thing, discussion. So we started off in like 
was at the gym at Starbucks. Right. And Starbucks became a bit too expensive every day. <laughs> we went to Jonathan's instead. Um, and then we catch up there. And then, and then we, we, you know, we were still negotiating the, the, the investor financing. So then once that was settled, we, we got a Regis. And then we're now down the street, uh, mm -hmm. um, right next in the Mitsuoka show, mm -hmm. uh, room fourth floor. But uh, I know your dad had to help you in some of this. Well, he, 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 he has yeah. too much talent to leave the waste. Come on. Yeah, That's well, he, he, he's, he, he has helped, not necessarily specific for this company as okay. much, uh, but he's helped throughout his ways and he he's has his. Own, right. Yeah, I mean, he, he's, he's a great sounding board. Um, I don't think so. Yeah, but yeah. I think, but he's got his very, his, his own opinion. So I think. Um, Which he taught you to have. He taught me to have. So I'll take some, I, I like to take bits and pieces of everyone's kind of mm -hmm. ideas and. and mm -hmm. Decide what's best for yeah. my own. Yeah. By the way, how is your father and mother doing? How are they doing? Well, very well. Thanks for asking. I haven't that. seen them in a while. Yeah, no, they they mm -hmm. they live out in Tamashi, so um, okay. they don't come in as much mm -hmm. uh, as well. But they're, they're doing well. They're doing well. Okay. Yeah. I hope to see him in January because we're going to have a meeting at Ta I mean, yeah. the Tokyo Club. Well, actually, I think next Monday he's speaking uh, at ACCJ. Kind of. I don't do anything at the ACCJ. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Is he still? He's still a member. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Uh, and no, so I think him and Jasper Cole and I think uh, Patrick Newell, they're doing the, I think the STV. You remember the ACCJ? I, 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 I took a little break this year because uh, there was no event. So yeah, mm -hmm. I haven't really been part of it um, mm -hmm. the last couple of years. Yeah. So it's a great organization. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. Yeah, it mm -hmm. is. A lot of good connections. Yeah, yeah. So what do you see for the future? I mean, well, how yeah. first of all, how has COVID affected you? Well, we, uh, uh, I think March last year to June, I think it was very what I think it was it was a beat down a bit you know I think it was it was like the uncertainty of like everything just stopped I think uh, is it going to end what, what's going to happen and that not just kind of business but so that was a big effect um, at the time and luckily I think throughout the end of last year we, as the business started going relatively well uh, and and this year has been kind of. Um, Again, luckily, it's been very good for us this year. Um, yeah. Did you did, were you able to maintain all of your staff? Or did you have to we maintained all of our consultants. We had we had uh, we had to let go of a couple of contractors, uh, but I think, uh, but now we're at that kind of stage of we're now understaffed. Uh, and uh, how many people do you have now? We have uh, eleven, including myself. Okay. Yeah, okay. yeah. Mm -hmm. So you need you you need to expand that now. We do, we do, okay. we do need to expand that now um, in, in various different verticals and everything. Mm -hmm. So it's exciting wow. times. Yeah. Mm. Okay, so what do you see for the future besides expanding? Well, it's a good question. I mean, I think we're at that because uh, last year and a half was one survival and one how do we maximize on our people, and now we're at a point where I think our people are doing very well. How do we grow? So we're putting together a business plan for next year. So you still have a partner. Your partner stayed with you. Yes, yes, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Just, okay. yeah, yeah. So, so me and Arlo, and we've kind of grown this business to where we are now. Uh, our investors' debts now cleared, and so we're now kind of okay. How do we want to grow? Well, that's kind of the discussions that we're having over the next. We have a. Uh, we're going to Kyoto with the company kickoff uh, year-end thing to have a little mm -hmm. brainstorming of the direction that we want to go with the company. Mm. No. Well, you make sure you keep us informed. We'll, we'll do. have to do we'll a couple do. more of these. <laughs> yeah. right. Anything, any, any, any parting words you'd like to leave with the podcast audience? Oh, <laughs> I don't have any parting words. I don't know if I... Yeah, no, it's... It, well, first of all, I mean, thank you. Uh, no, no, no. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's been great to uh, have a chance to talk to you. You've mm -hmm. been inspirational to my life mm -hmm. in, in a lot of ways because I think, to your point, I think I was six or seven when I, uh, when I first met with you and, 
uh, the I, I always remember I can. Uh, 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 but you can't do a forward roll, right? I, well, I used to I be able to. <laughs> See, the thing is, I, I tell people all the time, I'm not trying to teach your kids the skills. Mm. Mm. If they learn the philosophy, That's the exactly skills right. will be there forever. 100%. they really want them. Yeah, exactly. Mm. And so that, that philosophy really has stuck with me. So that I really appreciate. And, and I think the fact that we get to talk about this now, yeah. 40, 35, 40 years later, yeah, Can you I, know, I cannot. Yeah. If we ever would have thought that, when I was taking this little boy through and I'm spotting him in the back hands, then I'd be a full grown man with yeah. kids of his own, yeah. a son of his own. Yeah. Are you going to have more kids? You think? Um, oh, I mean, so I'm sure, so that's the wrong question. No, that's all right. That's okay. I, yeah, yeah, but yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. Not okay, sure. Right, no, right, I haven't right. thought that. Yeah, yeah. But now one's enough for now. Yeah. <laughs> it's a handful. <laughs> well, I want to thank you. Well, no, thank you. Thank, thank you, you so thank much. much. Thank you very much. All right. Yeah. All of you watching this podcast, remember to press like, subscribe, and never forget. It's all on loan, keep reaching for the stars, and you're too blessed to be stressed.